Okay. This time you start it. Whatever you say. Web it. Duck! Fire! Welcome to the Go News of Australia podcast. It's the podcast for Australian shooters. You just want the political interference taking it out of shooting. And welcome to another um, episode of podcast brought to you by Gun News Australia, which is brought to you by Politics Reloaded. And just a reminder for the uh, for a special for former members of the National Shooting Council, um, the special is uh, you can sign up for $15 a year, that's half price, which will enable you to get invited to our podcast, and that offer expires this Sunday, so you need to get in quick. Uh, for more information, go to our website at politicsreloaded.com. Now, the audio version of this podcast won't be out until after that offer expires. So if you're listening to the podcast at any time afterwards, whether that's during 2024 or 25, doesn't matter, just contact us and we'll take care of you. But the special will be taken off our website at the end of this month, which I said is just a couple of days away. Now, I'm going to bring in Sean Fraser, who's going to join me. How you doing, Sean? Hey, Neil. How's your afternoon? Good, thank you. Good, thanks. Thanks for joining um, me on this. So the story we're going to cover is one which shooters will be familiar with, at least in part, um, and but other people may not. So I'm going to have to just do a bit of a recapping of it. And, and this is to do with the uh, publication by West Australia media outlets of some maps that showed where shooters are located. Okay, this um, uh, this came out in March 2022. Now, whilst quite a few of you will be familiar with that story, there's been some late developments which have completely changed the dynamics on the use of those maps. And I'm actually going to just jump ahead a little bit and I'm going to read the first sentence of an article which I've written which will go out after this yep. podcast. And it says, Western Australia Police formally admit maps released by the police minister created, quote, serious concern for public safety, unquote, and could be used to, quote, locate firearms, unquote. Okay. And so, so what, 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 what I'm going <laughs> to do is I'm going to, I'm going to step you through the, as I said, some background because we were told the complete opposite, um, but I'm going to then take you through those recent developments. Yeah, of course. Yeah, well, both the police minister and the premier denied, completely rejected that premise at the time. They said, oh, first of all, they said, oh, no, um, we've taken the street names off the maps. And then when they pointed out that any nine-year-old with Google could find out the street maps, they said, well, okay, then, well, the dots are way too big for anyone to locate exactly. Tell us, Neil, how they found out that that was complete rubbish. Yep, I've got it right here. So just to um, fill in some blanks for people who may not have heard the story, is in March 2022 when several Western Australia outlet, um, outlets actually published some maps and the maps were provided to the media by Paul Papalia, the Western Australia Police Minister, and he's freely admitted that. And the rationale he, he used was it was in support of his call for tighter gun laws. Now... I'm going to they, weren't, they weren't just provided to the media, Neil. You could go on, you could download the map on the digital version of the Western Australian paper. So the public also had access to it, not just the media. Okay, so bear with me. What I'm going to do is show 
Uh, and I appreciate this is not going to do much for you, for those who are listening on the uh, podcast, but I'm going to describe what it is that um, we're showing now. That is the front page of the West Australian newspaper as it appeared on the 22nd of March 2022. And the headline says, connect the guns, and the byline is, every bullet hole is a weapon in your suburb. This is why new laws are so badly needed. Now, you're, what, what it's accompanied by a... Um, a map of a part of a suburb of Perth with a whole lot of bullet holes superimposed over the top, and um, that like is even even that sort of you can vaguely tell houses just from that. It's pretty detailed. It actually gets worse, um, but but just bear with me again. Uh, in fact, the the justification at the time was actually repeated in the paper here, which is the maps provided to the West Australian from West Australia Police Force database shows there are multiple guns being stored in, in homes in practically every street in every corner of Perth. Hardly a surprise that you're going to find firearm owners in every street. I mean, that's that's common. That's a good thing. Place. Yeah. So that's one map that they showed. The second map, and there may be others, but the, the other two maps which I've got here, uh, we're showing, we're seeing now basically... Yeah, this is the one, yeah. A map of the greater uh, Perth area, uh, and basically what we're looking at is a whole lot of dots in clusters. It looks like grapes, you know. I mean, they're all over the place, um, and you can see there's obviously high concentration um, of gun owners. You know, the closer you get into in, into the, into the city, um, and the third one is zooming back a little bit, which is basically the uh, the coastline is of the south uh, southwestern corner yeah. of, of west australia from um uh Lancefield. i'm not sure what the suburbs are north perth but it takes you right down to margaret river and then albany yeah. and, and you can see right along the coastline there's a whole lot of dots and and you can write also a, cor a corridor from perth to albany is almost um sort of almost a bit of a wiggly yeah. line but you can see there's there's a strong strong corridors of gun owners there now you mentioned um the ability to be able to even f find places without reverse engineering this and you can see no. the, the you see the outliers are in remote areas where there's only going to be a small number of houses so uh yeah. it wouldn't be too hard to actually work out where they are but well, the, the easiest way to do it and um if i was doing it um i would just import um, I've got use. I've got use of AutoCAD. You you would just import the bitmap into AutoCAD, and you assign those dots, those green and blue dots, from the map. You you assign them as objects, and once they're assigned as objects, you you can create, you can yeah. zoom or shrink that object by a percentage. And if you say oh, shrink that object by 0.01, then you have a precise dot yep. of where everything is. Yeah, and and. That actually ended up in the papers as well, um, uh, the fact that people were able to do this. Okay, so this, that, that was part of the problem. The shooting organisations were quite incensed by this and um, putting complaints and media releases and some put in FOI, freedom of information requests into, the, into West Australia Police to, to get to the bottom of it. We put in an FOI request to find out uh, who provided the maps, um, the instructions that were given by whom and why. Basically, Western Australia Police refused to provide the maps because they said that they were in the public domain. And being in the public domain actually is one of the legitimate reasons they can refuse to provide documents under FOI. And that's actually fairly common 
mm. around around Australia. So basically, what they're saying, they've already released them, so you so you can't have them. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, they're basically saying, go and go and look at the newspaper, and you'll find the same thing. Yeah. Now, our FOI was also interested to find out what written briefs might have been provided to the, the minister, because when you when a bureaucrat provides information to a minister's office, you have to provide a brief to, so that put, it commits your position on paper. Um, so they've got basically someone to hang if, if there's a problem. Um, so anybody who knows you know, anything about government or how it works will know that you prov- they provide briefs. No briefs were provided in this one. Yeah, that's Also, anybody who works in government or politics will know that when, when the minister's office rarely asks not to have a brief, there's a reason for that. They don't want to be FOI'd over it. They don't want to be put in a position that they're going to have to somehow uh, find themselves in. Now, that's where the background, which many people will be familiar with, actually ends. What I've got for you, this is about a quarter of the story that I've written. So the rest of it is what I'm actually... That's basically what I've known and we've discussed a year ago. Yep. Yep. Hey, fellow shooters. We just wanted to thank you for your support for Gun News Australia. If you're enjoying the show and want to help us continue with great podcasts, why not consider a donation or become a subscriber? You can do both at politicsreloaded.com. So, so what happened is one member of the public, who was also knocked back under Freedom of Information, actually asked a different question, which focused on whether the maps that were provided to the, the media were of the same resolution to what was published. Now, he was knocked back, he sought an internal review, and West Australia Police responded by saying uh, it would be inappropriate for them to provide higher resolution maps because that could create a, pu- a public safety risk. However, he was not after higher resolution copies. He was after the maps that were provided reg- of whatever resolution they were. Okay, yep. He wanted the same resolution. They said no. So that's when he went to the Western Australia Office of the Information Commissioner. <clears throat> and with our help, Commissioner Catherine Fletcher ruled in his favour. In its deliberation, now I've got all this on the article that's going to be um, pub, uh, appear, and including screenshots of some of the documents that I'm actually going to be reading from now. Um, so what the Commissioner's Office said is because the disputed documents being that the maps had been altered by media outlets prior to publication, that they were not publicly available. And the alterations that she was referring to were the, uh, the superimposing of the dots and yeah. the uh, the bullet holes and the change yeah. to, to resolution. Yeah. Now, what is equally interesting here is that the, she then changed the agency's decision. She she still said that they refused, but the the reason had changed. What she said, and I'm now reading from her decision, um, the commissioner was satisfied that disclosure of the disputed documents the maps, could reasonably be expected to endanger both the life or physical safety of a person and the security of property. Those words are straight out of uh, one of the uh, parts of the Freedom of Information Act, which is another grounds to refuse. So they've just substituted the reason, but the admission now is that actually these maps, which were provided, as you said, to the media, 
they could endanger lives and property. That's that's what it says. And, and the, the property here we're talking about is a hell of a lot of firearms. So that was fine. That was from the commissioner. So this member of the public then made a second application under FOI, this time to the minister, who actually passed it on to Western Australia Police. And I would suggest that maybe um, he's going to regret having done that because the Western Australia Police, again, refused to provide the documents, but the reason it changed and it reflected the commissioner's advice, but it actually is worded differently. And I'm going to read part of what it says. In the, if this is from Western Australia Police's response, in the Information Commissioner's recent decision relating to the same maps identified in this request, it was recognised, and I'm going to emphasise some words here, in the wrong hands, there is a real risk of individuals identifying particular suburbs or specific properties to locate firearms. This poses a serious concern for public safety as well as the security of people's property. Okay. So why the hell well, did they release it in the first Hang on, place? hang on. It gets better. It gets better, and then it gets better. Or so worse, if you're a firearm owner. This is a significant admission by Western Australia Police that releasing the maps yeah, already in the public domain was, uh, would pose those threats. But when you read what they said very carefully and c- compare it to what the commissioner said, they've added some words. They've added some things that the commissioner didn't say. What they said that the commissioner didn't say was in the wrong hands. The commissioner didn't say to locate fire, be specific to say locate firearms, but the police did. And the commissioner didn't say serious concern, but Western Australia police did. So they've added new information over and above the commissioner's assessment, which raises the question, why would they provide that additional commentary? Why didn't they simply copy and paste whatever the commissioner said? And we think we know why, and I'm going to come back to that. What do you th- What do you think so far? It's like I'm thinking the police and the commissioner and the premier is in deep. Uh, well, well, well. Just, 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 just wait. I'm now again. Let's go back in time a little bit, and let's find out what the minister said in Parliament about that risk. Well, before the commissioner got involved. So, on the 23rd of March 2022, the day after these maps appeared in the papers, um, he, and I've got an excerpt from Hansard here, basically said he, he released it. Yeah, we know that. But I can say, in his words, but I can say it was with the full knowledge of West Australia Police because they requested de identified maps. Now, I'll come back to that. But clearly, the cops knew exactly what the minister was going to do. And I'm going to, again, just refer to that a little bit later. Now, he, uh, so he was focusing on the fact it was de-identified, which, as we know now, is not the case. At the same time, we had two national MPs who raised the matter in Parliament, uh, Peter Rundle from the Nationals, and then it was later, oh, well, actually, earlier it was Vincent Catania, um, who raised the, pretty much the same question to the police minister about the risk. Peter Rundle's was, was actually more specific, more, uh, um, Interesting, because he actually referred to an incident involving a shooter, and you might remember this, who'd been doused with methylated spirits and set alight. Yeah, I remember that case, yeah. His address was covered by the maps. Yeah. And in in the response, the police minister said there was no possibility at all of that individual's address being revealed by the maps. Yeah, sure. He, he's, in par- <laughs> he's in parliament. He's saying that. Okay, so now he's saying that under parliamentary privilege. Yeah. Okay. So he can't be called out then. You see, he can't be well, held to account by 
say something wrong because you said it under parliamentary approval. No, no, we can't. You can't be sued. But if you no. actually, and I, what a great segue, Sean, because my next point was that it's generally accepted um, that as a, I guess, a benefit of of parliamentary privilege is also generally accepted convention that if a minister misleads parliament, they lose their portfolio. Mm. Okay. So there are consequences for this. You can't be sued, but you can certainly cop the wrath of parliament. Unfortunately, Western Australia, as you know, is dominated by Labor. But, you know, let's see what a little bit of uh, publicity about this matter uh, does to that. Certainly, uh, Papali went on about how the maps were de-identified. And sure, there were no names. We, you know, I'm not going to put names on the map. But we now know from Western Australia Police's statement that the maps were dangerously accurate. So is any journalist besides us picked up on this yet? Not yet. Stay tuned. Got that in store. <laughs> um, and, okay, so now the written brief that was never provided or requested, or, or perhaps the request was made to not provide one. Maybe the minister should have provided one after all, because if Western Australia Police change their view at any time then the minister can can point to that and blame blame them and also having a brief avoids missing the miss any misunderstandings but hang on we've got another theory maybe because the maps were going to be released with the full knowledge of western australia police and this is the position they hold that there's a serious concern and wrong hands and you could locate firearms that maybe in fact they that's the concern they held at the time mm. and maybe they told the minister's office and maybe the minister's office didn't want to hear it because the ministers because if they had frank and fearless advice from the police which is what public servants do they provide frank and fearless advice they may well have objected to the release of the map. now this is only a theory but i'm suspect i suspect that given the sequence of events that their recommendation might have been not to release the maps. How how did not any senior public servants hold some minister at account and say, "Hang uh, on a minute, you can't rec- you can't release this. This is dangerous. Don't do this." That that would have been their advice, but of course they're not going. Yeah. They're, they're not going to. They don't outrank the minister. Okay, you got the no. department secretary who basically could hire and fire people. So if you want to step on toes uh, as a public servant. You're welcome to, but you may, may not be coming in tomorrow. So essentially, the uh, I think, and again, that there's there was a, a paper trail issue that mm-hmm. they wanted, wanted to avoid. And I think that may, maybe it was a case of that they just didn't want to hear the truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. The, basically, the the, pre, the premier and the police minister at the time was using it to scare the public. This is how many firearms are, are next to you. These are dangerous people, as in us, as in firearms owners. We should ban all firearms because they, these are dangerous. Oh, we need to rewrite the, the gun laws because there's so many guns out yeah, there there's in too many the community, guns. and here they are. Well, they're publicly stated. Western Australia has publicly stated that they want to reduce the, the current... Um, Premier has currently stated that he wants to reduce firearm ownership by one third in the state of Western Australia. Yeah. Okay. Now, privacy legislation exists to protect the public against the, mis- the wrongful disclosure of private information held by public agencies, and it also helps uh, prevent politicians from doing the same for political gain. The Federal Privacy Act 
has a number of what they call privacy principles, which have the force of law and breaching them can result in injunctions or civil penalties. And they not only cover the release of information, they actually put an obligation on agencies to report when they've breached the law and also to notify mm -hmm. the individuals. So, and that happened in, in the Optus data hack, you might remember. And uh, where you had, we all had letters to say that, you know, Optus has done the wrong thing. Unfortunately, Western Australia doesn't have a Privacy Act and the privacy, the Federal Privacy Act does not apply, generally does not apply to state agencies because of constitutional limitations. Right. There are some exceptions, such as health, but in this case, it would appear that um, there's no cover, there's no protection against this sort of issue. Right. How about Australia, the firearms which... owners' health for not being attacked in their own home? We're getting their firearms yeah. stolen from criminals. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Now, this really, there's a couple of other questions that come into play here. And one, one of those is, where are the maps now? Because we're not aware of the, any, any uh, steps having to be take, taken to remove those maps from the hands of those who receive them and shouldn't have them, uh, or to prevent them falling into other people's hands, or even to sell the maps, they could probably do that. So in our view, the minister needs to ask those outlets, those media outlets that he gave the maps to, to delete their copies mm. and even explain why he's asking that. Now, I wouldn't hold my breath, nor would you. Yeah. But if he wants to follow, follow, I guess, good practice, then that's what he would do. The last thing is that and sorry if I'm sort of leaping ahead here, but the papers you might recall actually talked about how these were shocking new maps revealing the, the horrifying scale of gun ownership uh, and why the laws were so badly needed. So there's a public interest argument being made out here that that's why the maps had to be released. I think the only interest being served now, and you would agree, is criminals. Yeah, I mean, not, not the not it was never in the public's interest to have this information no. out there. Where that was the point. That was the point that Western Australia Police were trying to make. Exactly. What what benefit did it do to the news agencies apart from trying to scare the public? Would releasing any map do in the first place? It, it made no sense. Yeah. It was only to scare the public, and and unfortunately, mm. it's had a it's had a public safety issue because now the maps are out there. You can go back, you can still go back. I'm sure, Neil, I don't know if you tried, but I'm sure you can go back to the original article a year or so ago and download the original map that was released to the media. I was able to get the soft copies for this podcast. Yes, exactly. To put them exactly. The They're still available. So um, any, anyone with the more than the slightest general uh, computer knowledge and software knowledge and, and bitmap knowledge will be able to... It's not hard to re-engineer those maps to find exact home. Mm. And when they're saying it, it's not a public safety, that that's just a complete lie. And now you've got proof. You've got you've got the court saying so, and the and the police the police um, when you have freedom of information, they're saying so. As I said, we've got the official um, position now by the, the Info Commissioner, which, as I said, has been added to by Western Australia yeah, Police. So. I see you're both agencies saying it's a danger to the public. So what, are they, what happens now? It's out there. It's a danger to the public. What happens now? Um, we'll be raising that. 
and uh, those two National Party MPs I'll be getting hold of fairly soon. I'm not sure when Western Australian Parliament resumes, but this is definitely worth um, chasing down the, the rabbit hole because, and also, as I said, we've got the article ready to go. So it's going to be interesting to see what sort of reception it gets mm. um, when, when, this, uh, when we release that. And this podcast, by the way, will be included in that article. I'm going to post the article without it. Then when I, the, the podcast is ready to go, it'll be, you can actually hear the audio version rather than yeah, just um, read, the, read it. Yeah. Looking forward to reading the so, article. Good. Oh, look, I'm looking forward to it too. So um, I pretty close to actually um, at the end, close to the end of that that particular story, but it's going to be very interesting to see what the reaction is. Yeah. Okay. This episode of Gun News Australia is brought to you by Politics Reloaded. Make sure you follow our podcast or simply join our email list at politicsreloaded.com. Now, I've got um, just a bit of value-add. As I said, we want to make this a fairly regular podcast. So this sort of story is the sort of thing which I want to bring out regularly, ideally every week. Um, so if there's, so if you like what you see, what you hear, and you want to follow the news affecting shooters, come to, to, to politicsreloaded.com. Okay, um, is, um, we've got Tony online. He's asked via chat, uh, will you make a formal complaint to the WA Corruption and Crime Commission? Or is that the Crime and Corruption Commission? I'm not sure. But he's saying, will you make a formal complaint to the WA Crime and Corruption Commission? That's a question from Tony. Okay. Oh, thanks, Tony. Um, I seem I don't see why not. In fact, somebody else raised it with me. Uh, in fact, the person who provided this documentation uh, actually is looking that at that now. Yeah. So I can't say. Not, I, I, I don't see why not. Um, I'm not sure exactly when because this is this is just a late thing we've added. We just wanted to well, at least get kudos, kudos to that person who's taken it that far. Like that's, he's that's done, pretty full on. He's done a very good job, yeah. and um, he's I'm um, very I'm very much indebted to him because that's actually what made it possible for for me to cover this. That's good. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've got anything else, any other comments or questions. As I said, if there's anybody who wants to request a live call in, you can. But um, what I'm going to do now, just get a bit of a preview uh, about what's coming up, uh, and that is an interview with the Rifle Club in Queensland, which has been around for uh, about 140-odd years. And the story is of how they went. And this will be actually an interview, yeah, it's a pre-recorded interview, so it's actually in the all boxed up and ready to go. Um, but the club went from near extinction to a club that's now growing with bringing in more members. And the town that it's in, uh, actually, its membership is now around half the size of the town. That's pretty cool. Not, Yeah, they actually went 15-fold increase, which is amazing. And the reason why they did that is because they actually created a new division yeah. that picks up roo, roo shooters. Okay. For some, yeah, they, they got the bug and they um, and they've they're signing up in numbers and so it's a really good story that we want to bring bring out because uh, it shows what can be done yeah, uh, as part of this balancing act between dealing with political content and also just some of the more positive things that can be done for the shooting sport importantly the person i interviewed his dream is to see shooting restored to the way it was in the 1960s and 70s yeah we all wish i wasn't shooting back then but i didn't start till 1990 1990 but 1991 uh, but when did you start neil if you want to give, a, give away your age well yeah i wouldn't say i was shooting back then but it's um it does go back a bit further in time yeah. but you know i 
going to hold my. I'm going to say I think it could be yeah. done. I can't. I put it this way: I can't re- find a reason why it can't right. be done. Um, and we're going to be supporting that club on the show. And if you remember, if we're going to club, you'd like to get some free airtime and what you're doing. To drop us a line. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah. So while we're um segueing to other things, we did men- we did forget to mention the South Australian duck hunting uh, committee decision yeah. that uh, we were meant to mention last podcast. I'll read out here uh, the decision. The South Australian Parliamentary Committee recommends stricter rules, but no duck hunting ban. I'll read that again. The South Australian Committee recommends stricter rules, but no duck hunting ban. Hmm. A parliamentary committee has recommended duck hunting remain legal in South Australia, but with stricter regulations for hunters and harsh penalties for those who break the laws aimed at preventing animal cruelty. So that's in complete opposite of the ridiculous decision came out from the Victorian Game Bird Hunting Committee where they recommended a ban on duck hunting even though 70% of the submissions were pro-duck hunting and no scientific fact-based for banning the Victorian game hunting. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in Victoria in the next two months because the um, as we mentioned last week, the gazetted season starts officially, I believe, on the 12th of March. So the government hasn't got much time. Yeah. And this will be an issue which we're going to be um, staying on top of yes. quite closely as the, the clock ticks well, down. Well, it does, it does help the Victorian position having South Australia recommending a continuation of duck hunting, but with more restrictions. I mean, uh, shooters are used to, unfortunately, the modern-day shooter is used to looking up, um, putting up, restrictions but it's mm. better than no duck hunting season at all so what else have you got Lino? yeah uh i got nothing i'm just having some comments on facebook um there's uh, nothing that comes as, as a question i think to me so uh i think on that basis um again a little bit early but uh we might uh, happy to leave it there if yeah you well we'll see you next week and if anyone wants to leave questions in um leave a Leave a message to Neil and we'll, we'll get back to it next week. They're calling you now. <laughs> no, that's, that's actually just my mum calling me. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Thanks, Neil. Sean, thank you. Thanks, Tony. Have a good night. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and that you're on our email list. And don't forget to check the episode notes because that's where you'll find out how you can support us. Plus, let us know if you want something promoted on the podcast. Maybe you've got a shoot coming up that you want to promote. Just let us know. We'll see you at our next episode of Gun News Australia, brought to you by Politics Reloaded.